How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. podcast where we married our two favorite pastimes the different Broncos and beer i am jt matthews you can find me at jt matthews zero one on twitter and i'm here as always with the doctor nicholas manning at dr underscore in manning on twitter uh our co-host john cronenberg isn't with us at the moment we might get a, a sneak peek from him we're not sure yet uh to be determined he's kind of uh big time in us right now recording something on the radio so uh, he may pop in or not, but regardless, we've got uh, a special guest, a writer for Predominantly Orange, a uh, podcaster with mainly Broncos podcasts and the 5280 podcast with Mile High Sports. Uh, I was going to say Bobby Stevens, uh, because that's what your your Zoom uh, name says, but uh, we got Cameron Parker with us. Cam, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Uh, you know, this has been a long time coming. Obviously, this is something that's been in the works for us. Uh, you know, me hopping on your guys' podcast before. So nice to be able to do it. Unfortunately, it's kind of the same circumstances with the way the season's yeah. gone. But, you know, uh, but no, it, it's 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 awesome. I get a chance to pick on Nick and you and maybe if John joins. So, I mean, yeah, it'll, I'm looking forward to having a blast. It'll be good. It'll be good as always. Doc, how are you doing today? I'm stellar. I just told you all that uh got Cub Scouts. You know, the, the sun loves it. And uh, I can't say no when people are like, I need a little bit of help. It's like a gift and a curse. I'm essentially Spider-Man. Um, you you about Girl Scout cookied out by now? No. My daughter's got like goals, bro. She's got goals. I mean, <laughs> see, if you saw the vid, if you saw the vid, no, she's, uh, she's trying to like break a record. And um she bleeds it. So I, uh, yeah, we got a lot going on in this house, but, um, biggest thing coming up, little five-year-old basketball starting on Sunday, yeah. coaching, uh, JT's son, Bo and, uh, my little Zan man. And, uh, you know, gonna, gonna run some high pick and roll, little corner trap, you know, nothing like freaking out some five-year-olds when they don't know how to dribble. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> but that'll be fun. It's like, uh, the, I like being able to coach the games that I like played, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's a good time. It's a nice uh, perspective. Yeah. So obviously, the most important question I want to ask you, Nick, because it's Girl Scout, a Girl Scout question. Have mm-hmm. you figured out what your favorite Girl Scout cookie is? That's like For sure. Samoa. Okay, I'm a tagalong person, but I mean, I can't oh, tagalong. That's, that's like it's that's like, uh, and they got a lot though. They got like the. Uh, Oh, what's the one? It's like got the cream in it. Like that stuff's like legit. I mean, I ordered four different boxes. So, so much for my Mexico diet. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm thin mint all the way. I'm a, uh, that's number pop two. Him, pop them in the freezer and uh, mm-hmm. enjoy them later. That's, that's how I do it. That's the question the is way. like, which one wouldn't you eat? Like, what's the one that you wouldn't eat? Uh, Funny enough, I probably wouldn't eat the Samoas. It's whack, yo. <laughs> whack. <laughs> Uh, I don't know enough of them to be honest. Those are like the three that I know. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, like on the East Coast, they have like the blueberry one. I'm probably gonna hard pass that bad boy. Um, <laughs> that sounds all right. Depends but, I mean, it probably does, but it's like you know what? Like if it's not good enough for me out here in the mountain time zone, I don't want it. That's right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You know that discrimination Never. can't get past. <laughs> yeah. Then <laughs> I'll start talking like that. Be like, forget about it. I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh. Man, yeah, no, I, I mean, tagalongs, all right. I don't, I don't, I'm just not a big chocolate in general well, person. Then I guess like thin mints are chocolate, but it's like yeah, I don't know, yeah. it's more mint than anything else. I mean, my my thing is like Reese's are like Steve my Gunman. favorite candy. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah but it's, they're not the same. They're not the same. <laughs> no, it's not the same, but like, cause I like, I love Reese's peanut butter cups and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was such an easy transition for me to okay. like, like tag alongs yeah. or let alone like frozen tag alongs. Cause yeah. we all, we all know frozen Reese's or frozen tag alongs are like probably the best cookie on the planet. Or frozen thin mints. I don't frozen. I'm not gonna lie. Or frozen thin mints, I should say too. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, deep fry those babies. That's what I've heard is good. Mm. That See, is true. Give me an idea. That yeah, is true. Deep, deep fried uh, uh, like, Reese's. I, I've had, I've had that. It's delicious. Had deep fried Oreos. Deep fried Oreos. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, those are good too. That's a problem. Unfortunately, you can fry just about anything. So that's true. We uh, See, now I'm getting hungry. Last time we did it, we we deep fried a Totino's pizza. Delicious. What is that? A, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, Eric's. We did it with Eric, so you could imagine. Yeah, yeah. Back in the yeah. college days. No, like, like just a few years ago. <laughs> it was just the <laughs> same, same, same. Oh well, let's transition into some Broncos talk. We uh, we have talked the coaching search to death, uh, and I'm I'm guessing that Cam has as well. Is that true, Cam? Uh, that is a positive ghostwriter. Yeah. Yeah. It's been <laughs> like, it's fun for a while. And then it gets to be a little, uh, a, a little toxic sometimes. And so I think we're happy to move the, away the, from that a little bit. The good news is I haven't seen any tracking of planes yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's um, true. You know, and, but I mean, I, I still don't, now granted we're talking a player versus a coach, but I mean, sure. just like I, I don't think anything will ever top the Manning watch as far as the way that people were tracking things, and it started it like it started the trend of tracking stuff for you know Broncos Twitter and stuff. But like, I don't think that like you know it'll ever top that unless you know maybe Sean Payton actually flies to Denver and yeah. things go haywire and Carolina gets a second interview or Houston gets a second interview. Well, then at that point, we're probably one, you know, getting gray hair or, you know, Nick is starting to actually grow hair. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it might actually uh, get a little bit crazy at that point, but I doubt we get to that point. I haven't seen anyone lurking outside of Centennial airport looking for private jets yet. So. Oh, the, 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 the famous Mike Liss picture, you know, him yeah. Po- yeah. working out of the bushes. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Mike. For sure. Well, uh, we talked coaching to death. We'll probably still talk about it more at some point, but today I just want to take some time and reflect on the season. We, uh, last year we did, I don't know. Was that our first annual uh, awards for, for orange and brew? I think it was our first time. I think it was the first. Like, it was the first time in this format we had done yeah. kind of the traditional, but this was the first time for the uh, the beeries. Yeah, the beeries. Or the breweries. Was it the breweries? The breweries, I think. Yeah, the breweries. We'll go with the breweries. We can't remember. There's no consistency. It was the breweries. Okay. It was the breweries. I'm sure. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Uh, I sent you guys a list of uh, of awards. And we're going to work through them backwards because I think that mm. that makes the most sense to me. Uh, and maybe the best for last. Yeah, exactly. That's your, your MVP is going to be last. So if you're uh, tuning in now, say stay to the end if you want to hear who our season MVP is. <laughs> um, let's start with what we've affectionately named the Beer Bong Award, which is uh, the best individual play of the season. Oh, wait. start cam you a beer guy i am yeah what kind of uh what, what's your go-to uh lately um i have been a breck brewery person okay, okay. um and uh it kind of fluctuates um it's probably between um i want to say the strawberry sky to the palisade peach to the uh, uh to the avalanche to you know a few other things so i mean like yeah. It it kind of uh, scatters. I know that uh, what is it, Konigsberg, uh, Ryan Konigsberg kind of coined the was it the Strawberry Sky and the Hot Peak IPA one, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I, I've really enjoyed that one. So yeah. And I guess it's gotten to the point where whenever I go to the Breck Brewery, like I kind of you know, do you guys remember when you were younger probably and you would always like experiment with like different drinks and like, you know, you would go and put like a sprite and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and like a lemonade and then grape or something like in, you know, all in one. Well yeah, now sure. like and now because the Breck Brewery does the thing where you can kind of create your own blend, if you will. Um, we're kind of getting creative my dad and i uh as far as you know doing some growlers and you know and and sounds fun and doing some things like that um so i'm too old right now to remember what happened a few months ago (laughs) when we got a growler so i i can't tell you what the last growler that i had from breck brewery that's all right i won't hold you to it (laughs) uh yeah that's cool i didn't know they actually did that like i i I heard people talking about mixing them up and whatnot but i didn't know that that was like something you could just regularly do that's pretty neat i haven't been to the breck brew I don't think I've ever been to their actual brewery. I've been to their like two, a big it's nice. Three. I've been to yeah. the restaurant one. Is that the yeah. main one? Uh down on Mineral. Uh, uh yeah. yeah, Santa Fe and Mineral. Yeah, that's a really nice place. Uh then obviously yeah. there's some few places, obviously in the mountains. Um, I want to say there's the Breck Distillery, uh, and then there's the Breck Brewery that's down there. Um yeah. so. good stuff, always putting out good stuff. And and Doc just did a a Breck Brew uh, variety pack tour over the last few weeks. Mm. I think he walked away feeling okay about Breck Brew. I don't know. Facts, I yeah. That shrug. Yeah, I did. Uh, a couple that I like would, you know, weren't big dubs, but for the most part, uh, solid performance. Yeah, they put you know, out away nice from the one. all the way from the seltzers to uh, to some of the new stuff. So, okay, they did a good job. Right. Well, let's let's get into actual Broncos talk now. Sorry, I had to I had to get that in. What are you drinking? That's right. Am I? Are we doing oh, this? Am I doing? Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> so I got. I was gonna I was gonna skip it, but go for okay. it. Okay, that's why I just mentioned. You know. <laughs> so I got the uh, the Hazy Jane from Brew Dog Brewery from Ohio. Mm. So they are fiercely defiant and independent. United we stand for better beer. So this Brew Dog here is a New England style IPA. 7.2 uh, ABV. Um, it's all got like Columbus crap all over it. Dude, this That's is your bag right here. That's I great. Know. That's perfect. I figured you like it. So like it, like the design, sleek little, hmm. like the Ooh. color. They did a good job. I'll have to look into that. So uh, pop this top. I'm going to sit this bad up. boy while we, uh, while we go through the brewies. I mean, it's from Ohio. I mean, you know, I would love to say that means it's going to be good, but really like, just football in Ohio is good. Be, that's about it. I mean, it's going to be over unless you uh, unless you play Michigan. Uh, that's just the last two years. You know, let's not <laughs> let's not get too excited here. <laughs> How are we doing over there, Doc? It's not bad. To be honest with you, I'm an IPA snob, so like you I'm going to finish look, it, but it's you not. Don't like, look enthused. It's not really flavorful, man. It, it looks like a. Your face looks like a six out of ten, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd give it that. Yeah, I'd give it that. Right. So yeah, it's like for seven point two ABV, it's a little watery. Mm. Oh yeah, that's a kind of surprising. That's, for that so ABV. then that that would probably not a six out of ten. Then that's probably like no, a four out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a dub because I'm gonna drink it, but <laughs> when I wouldn't encourage dub. it. So like it's I a said, default dub because it's an idea. overrated, like Ohio State. <laughs> The Ryan Day of IPAs. Yeah. Oh. You know, just wait till Sling next it. year. All I can say is like uh that Ohio State Georgia game was way better than the actual <laughs> national championship game. Big so. facts. I'm yeah, those, uh, the semifinal that. games were phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. this time <laughs> i said it like four times but for real this time we're doing the beer bong award which is the best individual play uh by bronco this season 
Uh, Doc, you got one that pops to mind right off the top of your head? I I have one. Yeah. Debating on whether or not this is my one. Uh, I thought this was the moment for the for the Broncos to uh to kind of really have something going this year. K1 Williams dives out interception that seals the game against San Francisco. Like, oh, you know, that's it. Come back win. Here we go. Um sadly for me, I think that was the high point in week yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> tough. Week three being the high point is tough. Yeah, I mean, that was it though. The tough. defense played phenomenal that whole game. I mean, that was uh yeah. that was legit tense game. Uh, you know, guy with oh no, that was the the Jacksonville game. I thought we were coming around. Makes the diving pick. There's like one arm. That was with yeah, that was with the cast. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. all right. Like yeah, we're turning yeah. around. And uh no, not so much. Oh. It was Jonas Griffith, right? Interception against the 49ers. That was the one. Yeah. Not that one. K1 diving out, <laughs> sling arm. Thought that was dope. Gotcha. Uh Cam, what's uh what's your play of the season? I when when Doc started talking about the 49ers game, I thought he was gonna choose the PJ Lock fumble uh to uh to to seal the deal. But um you know, I, I think this is the gratifying part to talk about because you know, even in a unfortunate season, um, you know, of once again lows with the season, there are still moments within a season that are positive, plays that are great, yeah. great plays. Sure. So uh, you know, and you're always gonna get that in a regular season. Um and there's 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 a few actually. Um <laughs> boy, um, and there's a lot to choose from. Um yeah. uh, I I think if I would rank them between the top three, I'll just start with the the three. Um two <clears throat> I'd say two probably just happened to be in the same game. They lost the game. Um, you know, but I would have to say it is the interception from Pastor Tan. Uh, Patrick Mahomes against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Um, and then Josie Jules incredibly cl- uh, clutch interception on third and ten after the Broncos had turned the ball over, and it looked like all hope was lost. And yeah, then they, for sure. uh, and then you know they got the very key turnover on what I think was that third and ten, um, at like the fifty yard line, and Josie took it to the 45 or something and then uh-huh. you know they went down and uh and scored and then the number one play was actually being in person for russell wilson's throw to jerry judy just before the half mm-hmm. um uh you know i uh when you guys you know we'll, we'll, there's gonna be a lot of conversation obviously and there has been a lot sure. of conversation about russell wilson and 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 even Jerry Judy for that matter about things to glean on for next year and with the new coaching staff and new head coach and whatever. But like, you know, I think we all kind of saw a very different Russ those last two games. And when you saw mm-hmm. that particular play in general, that's not a play that a wash quarterback typically would make, right? Uh, right. So right. I, I saw so I, and that and that play in general is I think something that. Um, Broncos fans, myself, were really, really excited for yeah. and to see that kind of play, and then to see the kind of play happen after into that second half, and and really go toe to toe with the Chargers team that really was better than the Broncos, and we we got a chance yeah. to see everything in that game as far as Russ go toe to toe with Justin Herbert, which is everything that we've been wanting, whether it was Herbert or Mahomes. So the fact that he was able to do that. Um, and that particular play before half, I think, uh, should give Bronco fans a lot of confidence going forward. Yeah, I love the the mention of the Sertan pick because that, to me, feels like that's just going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle every year. It's going to be something that we see every year. Mahomes is going to win that battle sometimes. Sertan's going to win that battle sometimes. But it's going to be a staple for the next 10 years or so for Broncos versus Chiefs. And I love I love that. You know, I love that we have the young guy uh, on defense that, you know, there's so much talk about like, oh, was that the right pick? Was that the right pick? In my mind, it's the right pick. And it's a guy you're going to stick out there for the next decade and you don't have to worry about. Um, so I think that that's a really good mention. Um, my one, though, was was the the one you said, Cam, which was the, the rust dime to Jerry Judy uh, yeah. down the sideline against the Chargers. And it just it just 
gets you excited for maybe if we feel like we can get some uh, competent coaching on the offensive side of the ball and we can game plan uh, some opportunities for Russ uh, and give him a, a good shot to, to be successful, then we can uh, see it pay some dividends. And and that's all Broncos fans want right now. You know, I think we went into the season with uh, rose-colored glasses. You know, we expected to have a winning season to be competitive uh, in the playoffs, or at least to get to the playoffs. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. But this is what that that play is just one one more reason for us to have to continue to have those rose colored glasses. Maybe we tamp it back a little bit as far as our expectations going into the next season. But you know, it, it, it was definitely a nice uh, a nice parting gift for us. I, I will say you guys probably aren't going to expect this, but I'm going to slander Nebraska just now. I uh, <laughs> the, the the season with uh, with Nathaniel Hackett seemed and well. It, you know, and with Russ sort of seemed very reminiscent of Scott Frost's first year at Nebraska. And then, and then Adrian Martinez is starting, you know, his freshman year and, you know, he goes and balls out, but it was really about that second year where you, they just continue to fall flat on their face, you yeah. know, um, and they should have gone after Joe Burrow. But I mean, at the same time, we all know that Adrian Martinez was balling out the year before. So, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, but but it, there was so much hype. There was so much surrounding the Husker program with Scott Frost, and to see how it crashed and burned the way it did, from everything we're hearing with Scott to everything we're hearing with Nathaniel Hackett, with the way things were managed, there, from a from a fan perspective, it was pretty easy to see the similarities of how things were being constructed, yeah. from both the expectations to the performances on the field. No, I like that. That's that's an interesting take. Um, let's hit the next award, and this is the Variety of Pack Award. This is just biggest surprise of the season. This can be positive. This can be negative. This can be whatever oh. you want it to be. Oh, so uh, it's Doc, very open ended. Well, I'm yeah, gonna go positive. <clears throat> I'm gonna go positive because we need it. Uh, and <laughs> I'm gonna go with I I I don't think either of you are gonna grab this one right off top of the bat. So I'm gonna leave the other low hanging fruit for you. But Latavius Murray, the L train baby, was wow, wow. I, that ageless man, ageless, and uh, was phenomenal. I think he he brought an attitude to uh, to the offense. He brought production to that position, which you know maybe if he was getting if he got picked up and was getting some run earlier, you never know. Right. They really leaned on him. Uh, I thought he was a a phenomenal surprise. I know there's at least one other player on defense that we all shot holes in, except for uh, for John. Uh, It was phenomenal all year, but I'll leave that to one of you or John to (laughs) chime in for. But uh, I really liked what he brought. I liked the attitude. And I think once he got rolling, it looked like we had a competent offense for the last six weeks of the season. So he is my guy. L train, baby. L train. Yeah. No, I like that. That's good. It's it's one of those things that is a nice reminder that you can get production from uh, a back that's not a first or second round pick. It doesn't. You, you're probably not going to get elite talent, but you can uh, you can lean on that running game still, and it doesn't have to be. You don't have to overthink it, which is nice. Uh, Cam, give us your surprise. <laughs> All right. Um, so I won't go with maybe three like I did last time, but uh, <laughs> that's all um, right. Um, I, I will say uh, I'll, I'll, I'll at least give two. Um, sure. And uh, they are definitely surprises uh, for the, for where things were going with this coaching staff, where the performance was on the field. Um, I got to say um, number two for me um, is Jerry Rosberg. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Jerry Rosberg coming in, and adding stability, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Russell Wilson's play, but a lot of that had to do with the the firm coaching and the firm foundation that was very, that was laid that quickly under Rossberg in just a short amount of time. You know, we clearly got a chance to see what discipline can truly do to this football team, both on, you know, on the field and off the field, like both that. practice. So, sure. so um, Rossberg and actually <clears> – <throat> Uh, number one uh, is another coach, and it's uh, it's it's a coach that we all thought was probably going to be 
um, maybe the second in command behind Nathaniel Hackett. But as the season wore on, it seemed like he was kind of twiddling his thumbs and seemed at times like he was just an intern not getting paid. I mean, and uh, I'd have to say the biggest surprise of the season was how good Justin Outen was the last two games. Uh, And so I, uh, um, you know, I would have to bet that he's not going to be on the staff next year, but you still have to give credit where credit is due. And he was a big, big surprise. Uh, <clears throat> you know, so and again, there's a lot to choose from. You can choose players like, you know, Doc chose Latavius. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you'll go with GT, but I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can certainly go with, but I mean, I'd have to say, you know, for as much as and myself included dog, the guy like Justin Outen to where he did with Russ and everything, you just, you feel like what could have been. Yeah. It feels like an opportunity lost for sure. I, I would agree with that. Um, I'm uh, I'm struggling with this. There's things like I'm trying not to have too much overlap with my other awards too. So I'm going to go. Um, I expected us to have improved special teams. <laughs> I don't sure. know why. I mean, at this point, like. Why? Should... Because we thought it was, we thought there was nowhere to go but up. Right. Like, it can't get um, worse. And I will say Montreal, Washington was someone that I was really excited about when the Broncos drafted him. I, I thought this was our opportunity to turn around the return game. Uh, but just to get more consistent play with the special teams in general, uh, I know it's not an exciting one. You know, there's a lot of things we could talk about. And I think we'll get to a lot of them still. Um, but that was just something that I thought was a, a small improvement that this team could have made that probably would have gone a long way. You know, um, we talk about, you know, the, the three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, special teams is overlooked, which understandably so. It's not always the most impactful, but there are times when it wins you games, and and we just never had that opportunity to get anything extra from that unit, unfortunately. So uh, again, the Broncos will be searching for um, some sort of uh, remedy to that situation. But uh, you know, that'll be my surprise. I'll go negative. You guys went positive, so I had to go negative. Uh, <laughs> I share that though. I, I really didn't oh, yeah. think it'd be yeah. worse. Well, yeah, no. I mean, also, I, I was going to say, and that's also kind of like a, a kudos to Rosberg, because like the yeah. one game we, we should have won, hate to blame the refs, but I mean, the game we should have won, you saw against the Kansas City Chiefs, where we actually saw a blocked field goal, like a turnover yeah. on special teams. Like you saw probably more on special teams in that game than we did, you know, the last six years. And we all know it never happened under, you know, Tom McMahon. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, we lost the game because we couldn't protect on a 23-yard field goal or something. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those things that you know, it's always it's a, a part of the equation. Right. Uh all right. Uh, I like the name for this one. I'm, I'm tooting my own horn. <laughs> I'll the, the the flight for life uh award because it's for the worst game. And mm-hmm. you know, flight yep. for life is not a good thing. What kind of beer would that be? Do you think if we name if we named it the Flight for Life? No, it's like a beer flight. Right? Yeah, could yeah. Could, I mean, it would okay. have to be like a sample well, four pack, a sample pack. And in this case, they all suck. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we have a lot to choose from with the flight uh, of bad games. So, uh, which uh, which game in your mind was the worst, Doc? I mean, what was the worst game? The worst game was the was the Rams game. I mean, it was like Christmas day shellacking. That one I think is the, but the season was gone. It wasn't much to expect. There's so many, like a variety of games that you were like, Hey, if they could have, if they could have, if they could have to me, it really all started falling downhill. Uh, I'm going to give them the Raiders game, which I was at, which that sucked. Uh, But the Colts game, the Colts game was a game. In my opinion, that if they get that one, um, if they get that one, I, I think that you're able to carry some momentum. You take a loss, you know, tough, tough stuff. You should have beat the Colts. Uh, and if doing so, you're three and two at that point, uh, you know, it's some positive mojo. And, uh, and maybe that cascades a little bit downhill. So many opportunities to win that game. Had no excuse to not uh, to not win that game. And I think that was probably the game that we started recognizing there's something really wrong with this team. Yeah. uh, The head coach is an issue. (laughs) 
right? Russ seems off after having a pretty good game the week before. Uh, and then you can see from the totals that they scored over the next two and a half months that uh, uh, it wasn't going to get better and it didn't. So that to me is the is the one. There's so many to choose from. Uh, so many to choose from. But to me, that one was, uh, that, and I was there for it. And that was, that was gut-wrenching. It, uh, it was pretty terrible. So that to me is it. What about you, Cam? Yeah, there's a lot to choose from. Obviously, the the the, the Christmas game um, was the tipping point for everything. I mean, you know, that's the game. After that, you know, Hackett got fired, and yeah, you know, rest is histories. But you know, because I again, like I I feel like everybody would choose that because I feel like to talk like nebraska's perspective not cu's but like nebraska's perspective that felt a lot like the 62 to 36 game you know from like you know a broncos perspective and you know like it was just such a downer game but no i i i I probably would have gone the indianapolis colts game um but since uh doc brought that up um i i will actually go with the carolina panthers game yeah yeah Um, the, the the Panthers game, um, obviously they were like a few games after the bye week, but like they had, I want to say at least a decent game, you know, with the Vegas Raiders, um, even though they scored 16 points again, it was like a somewhat decent game. Um, you had some confidence kind of heading into that. Um, and then they just completely lay an egg, like yeah. against maybe like one of the, you know, worst teams you know and maybe at that point um you know in the season and maybe an underlaying point another reason why maybe they need to get sean payton because considering the fact that carolina actually beat him during the season uh yeah, yeah. you know um i'm i'm kidding but like that's about <laughs> the only sean payton talk that i'm talking about um anyway um but uh the it was just so disappointing i mean you know starno played well um the defense uh for carolina i want to say was a little bit battered uh, too, uh, you know, and it seemed like everybody was there, and that was also the first. That was the first inclination, where you could kind of tell, on the external, that tempers were boiling, uh, yeah. you know, with that yeah. team, yeah. Um, a, a guy that was, as we all know, has been pretty silent and quiet within that sideline, Mike Purcell really chiming after Russ. He probably doesn't hate him, but like, you know, emotions get the best of and, you know, and we, we saw truly the, the basically just the, a, a lot certainly there. I mean, how checked out Hackett was on the sideline with, you know, Purcell barking at Russ literally behind him, you know, and then after, after the game Hackett, for some reason saying that he never even noticed um, the or hear uh, the altercation that happened with with Wilson and Purcell when he's right. literally sitting or, or standing right behind him. Yeah. Um. You know. So I'd have to say the Carolina game. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. Uh, both of those were on my radar. Um, I think for me, the loss to the Titans felt pretty significant at the time. Mm-hmm. I think just coming off of a win the previous week against. Jacksonville, who at that time looked okay, they uh, they they looked like they had some promise, um, and we had scored we had scored twenty one points, you know, right. uh, and it felt like the, the Titans were a beatable team, you know, it felt like a team that was kind of underachieving at the time. Um, Broncos historically played Derrick Henry well for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and, and they did so again in that game, uh, and it made you feel like you had a shot, I think, and. Uh, Russ had a nice long, a long, uh, bomb to Jalen Virgil for a touchdown. Like it looked like the offense might start getting things rolling and then, uh, everything fell flat again, you know, and we were back yeah. to square one and it just felt like, you know, if you were going to have a chance to turn around your season, it was probably right around those games, like the, the yeah. Carolina, um, Tennessee middle part of that season. Uh, and it just kind of felt like that nail, like, oh, well, we, we need to stop talking about playoffs potentially because it doesn't look like the 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 pathway is going to be the there. The wheels started to fall off. Yeah, exactly. And, like, they, they had already started to fall off, but then it felt yeah. like, you know, that nail in the coffin a little bit. So yeah, there about yeah. there were about two wheels on the wagon. And they were yeah, just yeah, about ready. Sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a wheelbarrow. 
they were down to one. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's move to best game. The gold medal gold medal brew award best game. Uh, Doc. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say the last game. Yeah. I think that that one, it, it, recency bias is real, right? So we all left, I left a little optimism, like, all right, you know what? Uh, you saw with at least some competent coaching from a guy who's never been a head coach before, right? Two seasons in, and then he's able to, uh, to get this team rolling. And Russell Wilson looked like a guy that would be a really good player, saw some really positives against a playoff bound team. So that to me is the best. That was the best game. And it was just truly enjoyable to yeah. watch. Like it was fun. Had a good time. Yeah. There's no argument. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's, there's no argument for me. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the game. And I, to, to next point, recency bias, but like I was there, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but it was also like the first time the Broncos had scored like over 30 points, like on the season. And, you know, and to what Nick said, like competent coaching staff. And, um, you know, I, I, and, I just think that, you know, one of the gratifying things as a fan is knowing the fact that one, the Chargers were able to keep Brandon Staley within it. And two, they don't have an excuse with that game. They don't had they they don't really have an excuse with that game. Um, but the fact that they play their starters, it was inexcusable, right? I mean, for them to sure. probably even play their starters, but like they did it. The Broncos beat them. Yeah, so there's no excuse there. Uh, Jerry Judy, I think, was probably maybe um, the other biggest takeaway from that game. I know that Russ obviously will get the the biggest popularity, but Jerry Judy clearly, you know, solidifying himself and ending the season on truly a remarkable run that he was on for very being very close to closing the season out on a thousand yards. Yeah, the way that he uh, had started out the you know the year. Um, so um, it was just a lot of positives to gain from it and. You know, um, so yeah, I, I'd have to say that 100% the Chargers game. Yeah, I think that that's more than fair, and I would I would agree for the most part. The only the only other game I'm going to throw in there and, and hear me out uh, is a loss, and it's the Broncos uh, lost the Chiefs uh, December 11th, their first matchup. Just because that had been, uh, we finally saw some offensive production from Russ uh, and it was something to be excited about and it was a game that we were hoping to get that monkey off of our back that we we can't beat Kansas City um, I think that there were a lot of positive things in that game and I think we walked away from that game saying like hey that could have gone either way if Russ didn't get hurt who knows how that game would have turned out maybe maybe they would have uh, maybe they could have taken taken the W but obviously you know they did not. We still have that monkey on our back a little bit, which is okay. But I think it was a, a positive sign uh, for that, for Russ to kind of show like, hey, you know, maybe in the right circumstance or against the right opponent or, you know, given uh, his uh, competitive nature, maybe we'll get uh, more of those in the in the future and against a division opponent that you want to, you want to put your uh, best game film on against. I. I, I do kind of like that one because I, I, I think uh, if I remember right, that Russ was under, a, I mean, when was he not under scrutiny you know, during the, <laughs> sure. uh, under the season? But like, if I remember right, like he, he was under a lot of scrutiny that week, like it, um, from what I remember. And, um, and the fact that we were able to get a game where they were able to score 28 points and granted, Rippon came in there and score was able to score the touchdown. You know sure. when 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 Russ went down, but the fact that for all the questions about you know Russ's toughness, uh, you know he's soft. He's not a he's not a teammate. He's not going to lay his life down for the team. You know, well the fact that he truly laid his life on the line, head first. You know, and got hurt out of it with a chunk of grass on his helmet, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and a, and a not the size of Texas. I mean, like the, he very clearly showed even in that game that no, I, I love my team. I love my teammates. You know, I love, you know, what we're trying to build, you know? And so, yeah, I, I think it's another good game. 
Yeah, I think those are definitely the top, the top of the season for the Broncos this year. Um, we got ten minutes, and Doc's got to run because he's he's uh, parenting tonight. So let's uh, let's hit these ones pretty quick. Uh, I'm gonna skip the white whale. Well, let's go to Doc's boot rookie of the year. Uh, Doc, who you got? Uh, my rookie of the year. I would assume it's probably our rookie of the year. Probably. Um, our man, Greg Dulcich. Uh, the guy was phenomenal uh, when he played. Uh, overall underwhelming from a lot of them. Uh, obviously my guy, who maybe you'll say here in a minute, but uh, I thought he was great. When he played, he provided a, you know, a dynamic pass catcher um, that when utilized well, the guy was, the guy was good. So um, Dulcich. Dorsey is uh is my dude. <laughs> no, I liked him around draft time. I think when we did our uh, our mock draft, I got the Broncos. Uh, I drafted him in the third third round. Must have been third round. Was that ours uh, that we were doing? We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, big yeah. one. Yeah. So he was one that I picked. So uh, I'm glad that he worked out because it made me look smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> Cam, uh, rookie of the rookie of the year for the Broncos. My guess is uh, it'll be either Dulcich or this other guy, and I'm actually going to go with Demar Mathis. Yeah, uh, I, I Demar, I, selfishly, even though the Broncos had maybe their best game of the year, I wanted Mathis to play that last game of the season. Me um, too. One, one, it was the start. One, it was the Chargers, but two, uh, he was picked on in that Chargers game. You know, uh, but Mathis cr- clearly showed from like that Chargers game on. Um, you know, like that, even through all the pass interference penalties that he got picked on within that game, um, you know, that he was, he was a dog, like to use that as, you know, the term, right? For like sure. he was a dog, like 100%. he, he clearly showed that's, you know, height and size doesn't matter. He can clearly cover with the best of them. And, you know, I don't know whether or not this next coaching staff will view him as a cornerback too, but he clearly showed himself out with, Evero and the way that that scheme was being run, that he can be a true number two next to Sertan and play at a very high level. Um, and this is a guy that, you know, coming in, right. And it was pretty flexible. You could, you could use him either in the nickel or on the outside. And so to see him really be in that short amount of time, uh, you know, to see what he was able to do was pretty impressive. And, um, you know, not to, uh, get too somber or, you know, give too somber of a flashback, but, it kind of gave me a flashback to what the Broncos had at the very early point of the career of Champ Bailey and Darren Williams, you yeah. know, and what could have been, um, you know, and so I think that with what Mathis was able to solidify, uh, I was going to choose those at anyway, but like Mathis is obviously the, the obvious choice for, you know, the second one you want to choose. Yeah. I was actually going to choose Mathis and just, I think more of it based on my personal expectation of Mathis uh, and what his role was going to be coming into the season. Um, Dulcich is great. I think he's going to be productive for the Broncos for a long time. Uh, and I think uh, barring injury, then he's going to, he's going to be successful throughout his career. Um, Mathis was someone I had kind of low ish expectations for, you know, I, I was expecting him to play um, maybe in a nickel situation. I, you know, he got thrust into that, position because of Darby's injury. And now I think Darby might be uh you know his his job security probably isn't where ex- exactly where he wants it to be because of Mathis's play. So um you know I don't think you can say much more for a rookie that struggled early on, got beat up, took his lumps mm-hmm. and, and then turned it around. And I think uh that's what you want from these guys. You want toughness, you want guys that are competitive. Um because I think you know the Broncos have lot lacked a competitive edge over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so guys like that, I think you gotta, you really have to value. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was my guy during draft. Yeah, yeah, for sure. pump That's why I didn't want to pick him. <clears throat> I thought he was phenomenal. I thought that, that, uh, that chargers game, the first one, some of those calls were not, were ticky tack at, at best. I thought he rebounded really well, short-term memory Thought he played um, physical which, like you said, we kind of needed that a little bit and showed himself, in my opinion, at minimum to be a solid, you know, number three corner. You can build around that. And so yeah. I really liked it. And for a fourth-round pick, uh, 
could have couldn't have asked for more in my opinion. Great value, yeah. Yeah. Um half pine award, most disappointing player. Hate yeah, to put guys on blast, but uh <laughs> you know, we're we, we had a bad season. We gotta be realistic. Uh well, even I, if you have a good season, there are there are players that underwhelm. And uh, I think it is okay to say those things. For sure. Uh, I'm gonna take the low hanging fruit this time. Go for it. That, that Russell Wilson was the most disappointing player. Uh, you know what? No, we're taking him out. We're, no one of us are going to say that. Exactly. <laughs> so no one gets uh, to say him now? No. No, because I think right. I think we had all... It, raise your hand if you think that he performed up to your expectation. Okay. All right. So we're, we're going to move on. Uh, Randy Gregory for me. Yeah. Because when he was on the field, the guy was phenomenal. Um, I wonder, too, how much of the management of his injuries was due to the fact that this team wasn't playing really well you know i bet he probably could have came back at the end of the season if there were a reason to so they shut him down early and he did for uh, that said yeah. but it, it was a guy that when he was playing he's dang a football player and so uh, i expected more i think i believed uh you know you could get 12 games out of him and i uh, couldn't even give us that yeah Fair. uh cam I I am gonna take the low hanging fruit on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I I understandable. I I will say Russell Wilson. Now, granted, I am, and I'm sure you guys have seen a little bit with social media. I'm a pretty pro Russell Wilson fan. Okay. Um, you know, um, and as I talked about earlier, like you know, that was the game, the Chargers game that we wanted to see mm-hmm. to end the season. But I mean, at the end of the day. So much and so much expectations, so much things were going into that season. You certainly did not expect, you know, the the 13 touchdowns, you know, just one passing the amount of bathrooms that he has in his house. Uh, yeah. you know, but I mean, I know that joke has been overused anyway. Uh, but uh <laughs> like I uh you know, he but it was a clear disappointment. And, you know, and obviously he's I think there's a, also a little bit of a you know, a, a thing out there that says that you know that he wasn't taking about uh you know as much accountability. But if you look through the season, like he on numerous numerous occasions through press conferences and interviews has said about you know that he wasn't playing up to his potential, and you know um unfortunately it just wasn't turning out that way. And you know and so at the end of the day, you want it to turn out that way. Um, but I, you know I think you we also have to realize that it's a very real possibility with the way the Rossberg was able to coach the last two games that this was an anomaly. Like this was truly an anomaly that, you know, with, you know, the, the merging of a new coaching staff and a new quarterback with the new identity of the way that was surrounding it. You know, I, I don't know if, you know, maybe us as Broncos fans um, and maybe even the media maybe truly understood what was to come you know, with, you know, the offense and the new scheme, because we're not talking about a John Fox and the Peyton Manning situation where Fox was already there and then right. Manning came in. So, I mean, I don't, you know, it's easy to talk yourselves into the expectations, you know, but I don't think we truly understood, you know, truly what was to come and Hackett being that much in over his head or, you know, Russ really declining as fast as he did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all fair, you know, and, and I think we all had higher expectations for Russ. And I think, you know, we're pretty pro Russ on this pod too. So you're in good company at the very least camp. Um, I'm going to, I hate to do this a little bit just because it wide receivers, a dependent position. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, and I love Cortland Sutton, but I'm going to, I'm going to dog on him a little bit because I expected more. I, I, I will say from, from the position group in general, Losing Tim Patrick's huge. Uh, Jerry Judy was up and down. Definitely showed that he's he's got the chops towards the end of the season. Cortland was someone I expected to be more of a safety valve for us. Someone that was going to be able to keep the chains moving. Um, was going to be able to create separation. Um, it was someone that I honestly kind of expected to... I don't know that I expected him to get back to Pro Bowl form but at least have some semblance of, of old Cortland that we saw in the past. Yeah. And I, I didn't see that this season. And and that, that is disappointing personally, just cause I'm a big Cortland Sutton fan. Um, 
But I think I think you know that whole offensive unit obviously needs a rehaul is going to get a rehaul. But I Sutton is someone I came in to the season having high expectations for uh, as one of the the leaders on that offense as well, and he just kind of disappeared this season for me, you know. And and it, it is what it is, you know. He could come back and have a career season next year, and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I think that my 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 excitement surrounding this receiver group has waned a little bit. You know, we'll see. I think we still have personnel that are exciting and that can get the job done. Um, KJ Amler was on my disappointment list too, but I ended up going to Portland just because I think, you know, as an older, more experienced player, mm-hmm. I expected a little more in the passing game from him. Yep. Um, we're at the the end. Uh, let's run through our season MVP. Any position, uh, doesn't matter. I won't judge you too hard. Uh, Doc, start us out. I think from game one to game 17, uh, the MVP was Pastor Tam. The guy was, the guy was elite every single day. What he had two bad plays against the Raiders, uh, but probably shouldn't have been in those spots in the first place. So, uh, outside of that, the guy was, I mean, uh, the the last game against the Chargers, they didn't even throw it. Yeah. I think there was maybe one throw in his direction in the second half. Uh, says a lot, you know. Uh, Justin Herbert ain't scared of no one except number two. So uh, he's my guy. That uh, he, he's phenomenal. I didn't think he could get better that fast, and uh, exceeded all expectations. And and you know, all pro honors in a second year. You can see why uh, why the Broncos picked him last year at number nine instead of. QB that shall remain nameless. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing they weren't fielding any calls. Oh, <laughs> snap. Yeah, they uh, didn't want a Big Mac either. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I got to say, uh, I'll be a little bit of a contrarian. Uh, Pastor Tan is the, uh, is definitely the season MVP. Um, sure. You know, but uh, I I got to give uh, credit where credit work credit where credit is due and since we didn't do um you know best transaction i felt yeah. like this is the opportunity to kind of talk him up a little bit as far as season Perfect. mvp and you know and that would be alex singleton um i think that okay. alex think i think that alex singleton very clearly outperformed his contract anybody that doesn't know about singleton he signed like a one year like 1.3 million dollar deal you know, like a very low money special teams mm-hmm. deal, basically with the Denver Broncos. And he goes out and not just breaks DJ Williams tackle record, like shatters it, you know, and, and so much so that the other guy next to him has maybe even the best season of his career, you know, in Josie Chul. So, you know, I, I feel like when you talk about Alex Singleton, you absolutely have to talk about the guy next to him and the outlaw, you know, with Josie Jewell. But I mean, yeah. Alex Singleton with where he started in preseason. Cause let's be honest in preseason, he didn't look the greatest. Like he didn't look great. Uh, you know, he was missing his gaps. He was doing a lot of, you know, just missed tackles as well. I mean, it wasn't great for Singleton. And so, I, uh, but to see with what was there basically from week one to week 18 and having, a, a you know, over 160 plus tackles, he, he hit another gear once the regular season hit and so much so the between or among, I should say Latavius Murray and Alex Singleton, they really thrusted themselves into the re-sign category, you know, very, very quickly uh, yep. at the midway point of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, he was on, he was on my MVP list too. Um, as was Sertan. Uh, I could go one of two ways. I don't want to pick someone you guys already picked because I think those are no brainers. I think they were really good. Um, I want to give credit. I'm going to, I'm going to give probably my MVP to Josie Jewell. Um, again, another player that I was concerned about. I was interested to see how it was going to shake out. Right. We, we got Singleton, we got Randy Gregory, um, Baron Browning is still, we're Uh trying to figure out what Baron Browning is. Uh, I really like Jonas Griffin, Griffin coming out of last season. I thought he had potential to, to work his way into that starting position. There was, you know, concern, not concerned, but there were questions about what, you know, how, how Josie would play off of injury and then what his, with his contract situation, 
what that was going to look like. It was going to be easier to just move on. And I think he came out and he went to work and he uh, was probably one of the most consistent players on the field week to week, Uh, created turnovers at times. Uh, But more than anything, I think the thing that Broncos fans like about Jesse Jewell is uh, he's cerebral. He's, he's an intelligent player. He seems to have a good instinct, a good nose for the ball. Um, and is just some, someone that, uh, is easy to root for, you know, he's kind of your, your blue collar, uh, get your lunch pail, go to work and, and do the dirty work. Um, it, I do want to mention Justin Simmons, just because he is obviously one of the best Broncos, uh, yeah, we got Cam's got his Simmons jersey back there <laughs> framed. Um, don't want to leave him out of the conversation because I think he he well deserves it. I do think Simmons took a little bit of a step back, uh, not not in production so much, uh, but as far as leadership. You know, I think last season he was really prevalent as far as being kind of the face and leader of this team, and maybe it was by design for him to step back a little bit. So it's not so much a criticism as much as it is um, an observation. Uh, but I think Simmons, you know, he's he's one of the few players on this team that creates turnovers, creates mismatches, uh, and can take advantage of those. So, um, yeah, I think the Broncos will be in good shape moving forward with some yeah. with these guys. Um, out of time, Doc's got to go. I got to run too. But Cam, thanks so much for for coming on the show. We've been doing wanted to do this for a while, and uh, John finally got us. Uh, pointed in the right direction even though he didn't make it today it's uh it it was nice having you on here and thanks for thanks for taking the time today yeah he was a nice agent he was the nice agent exactly yeah Yeah. my man super producer yeah that's right but anyway thank you guys so much for for having me on it was always a blast and we'll we'll have to do a crossover at some point uh you know with with the full crew you know uh for mainly and and orange and brew um so We'll have to talk to John, the agent, uh, and, yeah. and work something through and, you know, and as far as some schedules there, but, uh, uh yeah. Uh, anyway, but no, thank you guys. Uh, it was an absolute blast. Um, you know, can't wait to see doc throw another, uh, interception and pick up football. Uh, you know, uh, but no, I, I, it was awesome guys. Thank you so much. Of course. Appreciate uh, you, Cam. You're the main doc, closing thoughts today. No, hopefully, uh, <laughs> Hopefully we'll all have something to talk about next week. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess that we have a new head coach for the Denver Broncos on or by next Tuesday. All right. All right. I think, uh, I think that would be, I think we, we would be happy to have that news and get to move on from all of this uh, speculation. Okay. I was yeah. going to, I was going to go on, uh, on record and saying, because it'll be the first time I'm going on record. I think the Denver Broncos actually pull it off. Me too. I think okay. I, I think they I think they hire Sean Payton. Me too. Yeah. What do you what do you think the compensation is? Uh I I think that the the leverage, uh it's a leverage play with Carolina. There's no way that anyone's gonna be trading uh what is it the two first round picks no. uh well because the, the the thing that I, the more I thought about it, I'm not probably denying Carolina's interest, but like the more I thought about it, I was like why would the New Orleans Saints trade Sean Payton to Carolina and then Carolina be forking over the two first round picks and Sean Payton would basically be screwed right. uh, aside from, you know, forking right. money, forking money over uh, to draft a terrible quarterback out of Ohio state and CJ Stroud, <laughs> um, you know, uh, right. I'm kidding. Uh, but I mean, but you know, it's, it's one of those things like you're just kind of throwing yourself in a handcuffing situation uh, so I can't really see them. Houston, I mean, they fired four head coaches in four years. And who wants to you know, like who wants to and, be there, man? And who yeah, even no, wants to consider that? That, yeah. is, that is awful. Yeah. And Arizona hired a GM. They're very clearly out of the picture. So it's either the Denver Broncos or the booth. And it seems like everything's been trending in the direction of the Broncos. And we're hearing stuff that Peyton already wants to talk with Russ or that he wants to work with Russ. So I would have to yeah. say the compensation is probably one and three and you know, they give him what he wants because it's very clear yep. the Broncos are going to give him what he wants, which is the 20 yep. and 25. So, yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a one. I think it'll be a, a, a day two, maybe a fourth round or something like that next year. And uh, they'll get wrapped up. $400 million deal. I'm joking. I was like, geez, that's, that's hardcore. Yeah, maybe five years, 50 mil. 
or five years, hundred mil. There we go. Five years, hundred mil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it all plays out, but I, yeah. uh, I'm, I tend to agree with both of you. I think that that's where we're trending. Uh, but thank you everyone for listening today. We appreciate you as always. Cam, thanks again. Um, make sure that you check us out on Twitter, Instagram, orange underscore and underscore brew. Uh, be kind to one another. Be safe out there and go Broncos. Go Broncos. Let's run. Yeah, boy. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Make a difference. Relish a great work-life balance. Enjoy generous benefits and competitive pay. Go home each night feeling fulfilled by your work. Work for an employer of choice. Work for Blue Ridge Hospice. We're always looking to hire compassionate RNs, CNAs, or anyone interested in office or thrift shop work. We've been your not-for-profit community hospice since 1981. Visit our website for more information or to apply today at blueridgehospice.org. That's blueridgehospice.org. Blue Ridge Hospice is an equal opportunity employer.